0: Hello and welcome to this special series of episodes called 29 Days of Magic. During Black History Month, the month of February, I'll be interviewing a Black woman a day who's from business and entrepreneurship, you name it, I'm going to have a chat with her. The idea for this is to show off the amazingness of Black women throughout various industries. I hope you take a listen, like, share, review, and be inspired by these incredible stories. Take a listen. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignel, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, G+. Flash. Each episode, I bring a different business leader who's doing great, amazing things. And on this episode, I'm so excited to have Lynette Phillips, who's the owner of Empower Your Possibilities. She's gonna talk about her career journey, what she's learned along the way, and some great nuggets of wisdom too. It'll be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Lynette.
1: Hey, Laura, how are you today? Looking at the snow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I told you I was guilty that I'm, you know, in sunny Florida right now, and you just don't know how to behave anymore when and winter is winter everywhere else.
0: Well, that's the benefit of being in Florida, but you do live in Florida, and you know it's Florida. There are some wonderful things about it. I love it. My parents are there, but there are other parts where, like, oh my God, it's Florida. So we all have our cross to bear. All good.
1: Yes, definitely. It was supposed to be a six-month stop in my life uh, during college, and it has been a, a 17-year <laughs> pit stop, and oh, I've we'll just made to... it you know, a part of the story. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a second, then.
0: Um, uh, the podcast, you know, always kicks off with the same first question, and I'm always fascinated by the answers, and I'm sure you'll have a great one. So, Lynette, what was your first job?
1: My first job now here's where you got to go. Is it paid or unpaid? Because we all have families that hustle. Go um, first, <laughs> whatever job,
0: whatever first job kind of comes to mind. It doesn't. It, it can be what it can be whatever. And uh-huh. we and if you're breaking child labor laws, it's totally fine. Like I've had people who were baby were baby models, and I have people who are eight year uh, eight years old and running like hustles for paper routes. So it doesn't matter. Whatever comes uh-huh. to mind first.
1: I will share that a lot of it is around hospitality, so my family did have, um, growing up, my grandmother had a soul food restaurant, and it was a, you know, fun to write out those original green tickets and work on the cash register and refill sweet tea, which is, you know, the water in the South. Uh, But my first real job where I owed the government taxes was at McDonald's. I started at the age of 14 and by the time I left there going towards college I had you know worked the ranks and was at least a shift manager so I um, owe a lot of gratitude to learning how to salt those fries in the M shape and doing all those fun things at McDonald's.
0: (laughs) Okay so how do you salt the fries effectively?
1: So that was what they taught us of like when you drop them in was to take the shaker and make an M shape. So I don't know if that's like everyone's training, but in the, you know, great state of Alaska, where I Wait, actually ended up Hold growing on. up.
0: Hold on. Um, there are black people in Alaska. How many? Five?
1: Well, you know, now that I've left the state, uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> <But> yes, <laughs> interestingly enough, it's very diverse in Alaska. With the combination of not only military, just there's okay, Army right. and Air Force bases that kind of keep the flow of, uh, you know, different nationalities coming in. But, you know, there are families that planted roots back from the 60s. Their families were working on the pipeline or doing other things. So growing up in Alaska, a lot of folks were like, what? Y'all celebrated Asian Pacific Heritage Month? And Juneteenth. We had a whole Juneteenth festival. It coincides with summer solstice. So we did everything we could to celebrate, you know, our Black culture uh, there. So I, um, I enjoyed my time growing up there, but I knew I was going to leave. I knew I was, I wanted to be connected to what we call the lower 48. We always talk about the lower 48. And I was like, I'm, um, this girl's out of here.
0: Wow. So okay, I can now I get now I can see why you stopped off in Florida <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, wait, this is now making sense." Okay, so we go from making the perfect M shake of of fries to now. What's that career journey been?
1: Uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, fun college jobs. I have worked at everything from a tanning salon, which has been interesting as a woman of color, because um, I've, been, I've been asked before, how do I make sure I get your complexion? And it's like, it, you got to be born with it. So I've man, had man. that actually mentioned before. Uh, I worked in, uh, you know, the mall, all of those things but really my bulk of my career was that 6 month stint that brought me to Orlando Florida and I was a participant in the Disney college program so I was like I don't I've never been to Disney I don't, I know about the company I know Mickey Mouse you know it's synonymous it's one of the world's most recognized brands and I got hired to work in one of the hotels because I immediately thought okay if I apply based on my background I'm either going to be you know, out here selling these turkey legs or I'm going to you know, be doing merchandise or something like that. And my recruiter saw something in me and said, we're going to put you at the front desk of the Contemporary, which is one of the original hotels that opened at Disney. It's right there on the monorail. It's like always in the commercials. And I absolutely fell in love with the role of being like the gateway to people's vacation. Um, uh-huh. a Disney vacation yeah, a Disney vacation is... is a lot of times it's it's so much more it's such an emotionally connected experience um for some people it's their trip of a lifetime for some people um you know i have seen military families reconnect like a member of the service returned from their deployment and surprise them in the lobby and they're like why are we all crying and it, all these amazing experiences uh and one thing that stood out during the time there was we had a management intern there and i went up to her probably within Two weeks of being there, I was still kind of training, and I said, "I want your job next semester when the openings are there." And she was kind of like, "Who are you? Where'd you come from? Like, who says that?" And um, but it opened the door to really growing, and her her then taking an interest in, "Well, what is your skill set that you need to actually do that? If you're serious about it, how do we help you do that?" And she said to me, "Well, um, if you want my job, because I talk to a lot of angry guests at times." right as the manager it was often like when things escalated she had to get involved she said I'm gonna stop talking to any of your guests I want to see you solve them now on your own because that's how you'll make it and I was like well I don't know that that's what I meant I just you know I want to get the interview but it it worked probably 80 to 90 percent of the time um I consulted with her or, you know, could could de-escalate situations or could make decisions on my own or gain the trust of, you know, some of those who have been working there for the company for 20, 30 um, years at the time. And um, I got the support. I got the advocacy to, you know, go through the process to get recommended. And I interviewed and then I got one of the three placements as a management intern. So I did that for about eight months and um, and then I got offered a full-time job. And I was still a senior in college, so it was like, do I turn down this job and then not know, or do I stay? And I, I, I made a decision to stay, and I, I you know, I, I, learned all the new things about my own 401k and my benefits and all this, and my dad was like, great, we can get you off my car insurance. You know, you're out here doing big things. And eight months in, I went back to school, and Disney helped um, support that journey, and by support, I mean pay for it through their wow. education reimbursement. So it, it was a win-win at that point. So I went back to school. I was working, you know, uh, full full time, which anybody knows in the hospitality industry, it is not a nine to five. Uh, I was a brand new manager. I was uh, low in the totem pole of seniority, so I would sometimes would work, you know, three p.m. to one in the morning, and would go to class the next day. But um, I wouldn't trade it. I, I finished my degree program finally, <laughs> and uh, just continued to grow with the organization and. Did some cool things, moved around a couple of different resorts. I've always kind of worked in the um, luxury or the, the, the premium brands that we had there. And uh, then about seven years into my career, I got the opportunity to be promoted. And it was interesting how that works because I was interviewing for what I thought was my dream job within the company. And before they were still in the process of identifying candidates there, this other job offer. And it's kind of interesting when it's in the same company. So it's like, well, you can keep your name in the hat for this potential opportunity, but you're not the only candidate, or we have a promotional opportunity right here for you, and um, I consulted my kind of personal board of directors, which my husband, you know, has a seat at that table, and he's like, you've been working so hard to lead a department and lead the front office, and so I did that. I got promoted to lead at the Grand Floridian, which is our um, flagship property, and, you know, I really didn't look back until I kind of gotten into my, my new path. So I led departments, I've moved around, and then Disney closed, which doesn't happen. And the reason why I say it doesn't happen is because I've worked hurricanes there, extreme weather. Um, We're the place, we're the safe haven, we're we're where people retreat to and come. Um, The last hurricane, I was eight months pregnant with my family living in the hotel with me. So I know (laughs) what it takes and that we don't, don't close. And um, COVID has changed the game, and so I was furloughed um, after about six weeks after the closure, and it kind of it, it allowed me a space and a clarity that I needed to connect with myself and what were the next steps for me. Um, because the next natural progression in my career would have been a GM of a hotel, which you know you're on for 24 hours, your family's along for the ride, they work, you work all holidays pretty much, um, and we were willing when my husband met me, he was like, what do you mean you have Wednesday, Thursday off? Like who has middle of the week days off? And I was like, hospitality and a a new manager. Yes. So um, I started working with um, two of my co-founders for the Fulfilled Mom Movement. And we just said simply, we're going to do a summit. We're going to do a women's summit. We're going to talk about, you know, um, a lot of uh, things, finances and wellness and mindfulness and, you know, uh, giving women resources, just, you know, our focuses a lot on working moms and people who want to bring those two worlds and have them complement each other. Okay, I'm in for a summit. I don't know a lot about it, but we'll figure out how to pull it off. Well, I got called back to work midsummer and I was back for about 10 days and I went in my office and I just, you know, from a, from my faith perspective, I just said, God, where am I be in a year from now? If I just continue, if I stay and I, it was pretty clear, the answer was I would be, you know, still at my resort in that office. And I just, I came home to my husband and I sat in the driveway for a couple minutes by myself and I walked in and I sat down for dinner with him and I said, I'm going to be resigning um, August 1st. And this was probably six weeks before that. and He just looked at me, I was like, what? And, you yeah. know, we had the, the real conversations about how I, you know, was the significant earner in the house. Um, he is a teacher, um, which I think teachers are just undervalued and underpaid. Quite frankly, he's a magician in that classroom. He does amazing things and has, you um, but the first thing he asked me after we talked through some of those things um, was what does support look like for this to happen for you? And I thought that was probably the most profound question that helped set us on this, this path. So um, I had already opened my business and filed my business you know, with the movement and some other things. And so we took care of some paperwork, you know, moved some things around and um, you know, switched our mindset as to what this transition would be like in an entrepreneur journey. And when you're, you, know, you don't have this regular paycheck rolling in and we have not looked back. I have not looked back. Um, and that has now led me to be able to, at days, look at myself and say, you're doing this, girl. You're, you know, you're this entrepreneur now. And, and I also like to say a mompreneur, right? Because that's probably my, my most favorite job is uh, is being a mom and, and being there in, in this season for my kids during a very, very difficult time. But um, I'm very grateful for my Disney journey that has led me to have the confidence, the skills, and the... I think part um, of hospitality that anything you do be of service to others so that I can be a good business
0: owner. Awesome well welcome to the other side, in the land of entrepreneurship. Uh, I've been here for about 10 years it's a unique place to be um, but and the grass is not greener it's just grass uh, anyone who tells you that it, one or the other is better not truth it's literally just grass And you just find your way step by step. So if when you feel it in your heart that like, this is where I'm supposed to be, then you know you're on the right path. And it sounds like that's what happened with you.
1: Yeah, I love how you mentioned that piece of like, it is just grass. And I think that there, it's like, a lot of times when we mutually exclude things, it's like, it has to be this way or this way. We do the opposite of what does inclusion look like? Like being in the corporate world was part of my story. And for me, I didn't leave at a time where I was like, disgruntled or you know burnt out I left at a time that you know part of the conversation was you know we would if you ever want to come back you know you know certain executives like if I'm still here you know those and and there's opportunities like please let us know so I think I left in a position where like you said it was just so the timing felt right for me
0: yeah that's literally what it is it really it really is about like oh okay It's what we're supposed to be. Okay, I got you. Um, So tell me about um, Empower Your Possibilities. Like, What what does that mean for you? What's the company do? Uh,
1: The the, company does, so we do, I do one-to-one coaching and consultations. I I also support organizations. So from a business-to-business standpoint to come in and um, support your leadership in the sense of how do we grow you and help your efficiencies or your effectiveness while reducing stress. I think we think that being successful has to come at the risk of being stressful, but um, through integration of like a total program that looks at everything through a mindful lens, we help, uh, I help leaders get to that point where you don't have to. ranging from looking at everything from core human needs, it'll be amazing if you just feed yourself and give yourself movement and give yourself the right amounts of water, um, what you can achieve and accomplish, but also how to show up in communication um, and understanding values of others. How do you lead yourself so that others see you and your self-awareness? And so how do we take you through that journey and that growth so that you can truly be effective and increase your performance and not do it at the cost of stress?
0: Wow. So that's interesting because especially right now when people are all stuck at home and they're managing their teams virtually. So how have you been able to sort of point the business to help folks with, that, with those challenges?
1: One of the opportunities that we had was on the side of the Fulfilled Mom movement where we offered, ended up doing a 12-week course with some working moms and take them through um, some buddy chat activities that they do, some peer-to-peer coaching activities, you know, to give yourself that time for the understanding and the um, growth and the transformation. But the foundation of it begins with really understanding it from a neuroscience perspective, understanding about your rational brain and your limbic system, your emotional epicenter. We are emotional beings. It's what leads us and what guides us. And a lot of times we believe the opposite that like, oh, My rational self is the one that's making these decisions. So giving you the brain science to understand is the foundation. And then from there, moving forward to kind of customization and helping you understand your personal value set, how to use them as decision-making tools. That's probably been one of the most impactful activities because for example, when it came to making the decision and I was thinking about my job, I know the story I told was like, I'm in my office, I have this one conversation, but I knew my core value set that joy, kindness, freedom, care, and compassion are my top five. And so I I try to incorporate how am I living my life with those things evident and present and tangible and so the decision to own the business was like it can give me some freedom it actually can create a different type of financial freedom it gives me joy to serve others in that capacity so helping uh, a lot of the moms do that uh, was probably it was very extremely rewarding awesome and you
0: know it's it's just hard out here being a working mom and and navigating all this like how's it been for you Like you go from being corporate to starting your own business. Like, How
1: have you been able to navigate that all? I feel like I've been in like four stages. Um, I have heard the term from many people like this becomes like a fourth trimester where you're trying to adjust to like what has happened. So, uh, you know, the quarantine happened and everybody was home. My husband was teaching classes from home. My kids were home and we're all trying to figure out that space together. And I was on, you know, furlough. Then we went the whole, okay, school's returning. My husband's back face-to-face. My kids are home with the nanny. I'm working on a project. So I'm working from home certain days, but I go to an office other days. And it was like, we had to get to a rhythm of what does today entail? Because our routine may look very, very different, but let's commit to what today's routine is. And that was um, a very much a shift because I was used to kind of an autopilot mode pre-COVID weren't we all we were all kind of like this is what happens this is what I do this is the route I drive I mean even to the point where like my first three days come into the new downtown office I kind of got lost because it was like what Rob? like this is, I don't normally come to this office <laughs> I go to Disney every day um, and so for me I have committed to a couple of um, specific parts of my routine daily and it's about self-care um, and I try to do it within the first 30 minutes of my day and that for me is a huge thing because I don't I don't want to wake up before my kids get up personally, but I need to wake up before my kids get up. (laughs) And I do, um, you know, I try to make sure I express gratitude for at least five things. Um, And I'm like, take as much time as it takes for you to genuinely, you know, express gratitude. I'm typically reading a devotional. I'm typically, um, if anything, it sounds silly. I give myself a longer shower. And during that time, um, (laughs) in those times before they're up and moving, So that I feel that I can help them muster through what the day may entail and hold, you know, and hold as they have to put masks on and do other things. So that's probably been the biggest thing is realizing that my routine is not necessarily always going to look the same, but it it can bring about a lot of the same feelings. We talk about what are they grateful for at the end of their day, um, so that they have something to express coming out of this um, pandemic as, as well. Because they're the next leaders. They they um, they're already resilient. I think our children are showing us um, as adults even more because they haven't lived a life of all the privileges. I think we've had for you know. In my case, I'm almost forty. I've never been in this situation. <laughs> I just want to you know get back on a plane and be on vacation with my husband and do things for them my three-year-old, she's kind of like, mommy's home. Or, you know, we play in the backyard a lot, or we bought a a whole um, playground set. We didn't have intentions on buying it, but thank you, Facebook, for having a sale and somebody selling it. (laughs) My husband picked it up with a truck. We've just completely (laughs) rolled with where this is taking us. And I think that's what's helped me as a mom. Wow. Awesome. And great to hear because
0: all my mom friends I'm like how are you
1: all doing this <laughs> and there are days though where you're like I think the self-talk becomes I don't think I can do this and so I with a lot of the work that I do I find myself coaching myself and having to step outside of the experience and say who is Lynette as the mom that you're wanting to help and that you're wanting to coach um did I cry in the pandemic especially in the beginning because it was just like this is so much change this is literally so much change on so many levels but now it's I go back to what gives me joy and it gives me joy to serve so that became one of my words for 2021 was service how can I be of service in my business how can I be of service in my faith how can I be of service in my community how can I be of service to my family and it doesn't, even though I name it last, how can I be of service to myself? So I hold myself accountable um, to think about me and to be deliberate about um, connecting with me. And then I can take care of everybody else. Exactly.
2: We're so excited to have Soho Works as the sponsor for the 29 Days of Magic campaign. You know, they're designed by Soho House and their workspace is to help creative thinkers, businesses small and large, connect, collaborate, and grow. And it's where I'm recording all the episodes of 29 Days of Magic. It's a safe... Wonderful and collaborative experience. Uh, I'm currently in the Brooklyn location, but they have locations one else in New York City in the Meatpacking District, one in LA, five in the UK, and they give you that kind of home away from home feeling with all the tools, technology, equipment to help you do your best work. Uh, like I said, it's an amazing location, feels safe. I've you know been able to meet some really awesome people, which you haven't been able to do a lot because of the fact of COVID. So it's been a wonderful experience being able to record here and help build community. So if if you want to find out more information about it, please go to SohoWorks.com to get more information and tell them I sent you. And now back to the show.
0: So, you know, it's interesting because obviously, you know, you've had a really awesome career that you were just like moving and grooving in with and then got to a point where you're like, I-, I think it's time for me to do something else. So, you know, thinking about that, what do you think you'd tell 25-year-old Lynette?
1: Oh, well, first of all, I would tell 25 year old Lynette, like you are going to marry this guy because I was dating my <laughs> husband and I'm like, girl, this is it. This is your boo. Um, I think I would tell 25 <laughs> Lynette is that it's not even about an, a ladder and an ascension. It is about a summit. Like that hmm. to me is how I think about career because you, No matter what path you choose, you'll still be on top. And I think we sometimes create the wrong imageries, and that's what gets passed down kind of that tribal knowledge or perspective is what it's been termed. Um, And we just keep that narrative going. But for me, I think it should all be a summit that, you know, when it gets to the last part of it, we should, we're going to potentially be at our peak, and we want to be able to be all of our valleys around us and see the pathway that we take. And it's our summit. And somebody else is going to be on their summit, rather than me having to take the um, ladder.
0: That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that one. And and really important and impactful advice. I think that you know, that it, it's it's your summit. It's your climb. I, I think sometimes folks feel like you're supposed to follow everybody else's thing. Like you, if everyone else has been a teacher, you've got to be a teacher. If everyone's been a lawyer, you've got to be a lawyer. As opposed to like this is your own race like it and you're gonna stop just like if you're climbing a mountain to, to do a summit there are gonna be a lot of different stops you have to take along the way otherwise you're never gonna get to that summit and that's okay um and even if it requires a few detours here that's all part of the journey and learning along the way so you no know, that's that's fantastic
1: Thank you thank you it, yeah it's not easy I think to wrap your head around that but that's where I think my I think now four plus years in exposure to coaching when you start to realize hey this whole process of anything that you do is never about always making the system work for you you know it's like how do you work a system how do you then take it and still make it you know your own uh, my husband is a, is a athletic coach. He coaches boys uh, volleyball and boys basketball. And it's amazing how, yes, he has a system, but every year, no matter who the athletes are, he has to tweak and adjust based on who he has. And we don't necessarily always believe we're going to do that through our career standpoint, because I think about stepping outside of the Disney World, many of the titles that we have internally at that organization are built for your growth to be there for 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, I had people I worked with that have been there since the opening day, since 1971. I was like, oh I was God. yet to be a twinkle in my parents' eye. Yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, nobody was thinking about me yet. Um, you know, from that from that standpoint. And so they were able to grow and navigate and do all these things and see the company change directions and evolve products and do things but on the outside world does it even really translate not always necessarily because it's a unique company you know in and of itself so for many of us there may be approaches or ways as we're thinking about our career but what system what do you take from that and you become to say this is my strength training program so that I can I can get there and um For some, it might be a huge focus on like their physical capacities to keep up with their, keep up with their job and the demands of their job. Um, For others, it's just probably clarity and to get really, really clear on why they want to do certain work that they want to do or what they connect with their purpose and how it then serves them. Um, You know, so it's, it's, we all can be doing more of that, I believe, which is really working through, I'm not gonna just make a system try to fit me, I'm gonna figure out what system I, I can work.
0: Yeah, it's a great bit of advice. So you know, thinking about this, you know, I think one of the things that's happened, especially in this past year is that people have realized the importance of working on yourself is not just something for rich high-level executives. Like everyone needs some sort of coach, therapist, group leader to kind of help you figure out your way because this isn't this journey is not something you do by yourself. You know, what are some of the like top tips you can kind of give for someone who's thinking about trying to get a coach? but doesn't even know how, don't even know where to start. Um,
1: I was just sharing this um, this week actually in response because someone was asking more or less, do I need a coach or a mentor? And I think that truly understanding the definitions of those support systems that you just named is, is number one. You know, a mentor, they're the curator, they're the storyteller. They do come with a level of um, accountability because they don't want you to show up disengaged either, but uh, they're gonna share with you their system. You're there to learn um, their processes, what they've been through and really gain kind of some insight. As you move into a coach, a coach is there as your guide and your support to essentially get you to action oriented and moving forward. Where you are now, where you're trying to be and we're bridging that gap there. When you mention the therapist, because I have to, you know, remind folks like if we identify things that need the support of a therapist, I'm going to refer you in that direction. Because as a coach, that's not where I'm certified. There are lots of, um, you know, actual uh, therapists that now do coaching to combine because that allows them. But if you're visiting your past and you're thinking about some of those mental health um, pieces, that's going to be your therapist. So it does become this holistic community that you really have to understand who serves me. I'm really clear on the, what, they, what they can do and what results I can achieve. That's probably the number one um, so that you understand, hey, I'm moving in this position. I'm thinking moving forward in my career. I want to level up my leadership. I want to be effective at leading my team, I'm probably going to be working with a coach. I need some advocacy in the organization. Um, I want to understand the good, the bad, and the ugly of a role. Uh, Similar to when I said to that intern, I want your job next semester. She essentially became my mentor at that point because I had to see what she did, model what she did, find out what worked for me, get feedback from her. Um, And then I personally, I love, I have been with my therapist for the last um, five years uh, and originally went to him to understand how do I deal with a terminally ill parent and within our first meeting my mom unfortunately passed a week later and he has been a part of a lot of this journey and growth and it's just been interesting at the, the the seasons where he you know he's been here with me for five years now and has been like oh my gosh I've just seen you grow so much so much as a mom as a wife you know now as a business owner he's like it's just I don't know that I you know he's like I feel like I'm impactful but he's like I feel like a lot of this has just been you because you're so committed to the process of um of constantly moving forward but allowing yourself to kind of sit with some of the things that have happened so um yeah I think that's probably my number one is making sure and understanding how those resources support you and what results you can receive
0: awesome and and necessary i think that's the thing it's like i think this oftentimes gets a little overwhelming for some folks again again especially right now where it's like you can take some of this time for yourself to really work on you and it's important that you do that but kind of getting the nomenclature right and understanding what you need you you might need all three you might need one you might need one right now and then later on you might need the other two Um, It really all depends, but understanding where you are at that particular moment, I think is so important. So um, I think that's an an awesome way of putting it. Um, So we talked about your self-care before, but officially, what is when that self-care, when you can get away from the kids and hobby and
1: work? Oh, um, I use the acronym GRIT for that, which is uh, again, the the expressing gratitude while I try to do at minimum five things first in the morning, even throughout the day, I always typically will be like, I express gratitude for any challenge that comes my way because I have the tools and the resources and like the support to get over it. Like that's a pretty much a staple. Um, I, uh, adequate rest. So for me, that's like extremely important. I if I am run down, I am no good to anybody. And my husband will tell me because he's like, you are the temperament of this house. Like you are the the, the barometer of how we move. And, um, I feel like sometimes that's a little bit weighty, but I, <laughs> so I try to, to think about what then impacts that mood and that environment. And so I don't always want to have to retreat because I didn't rest well, um, so that I can keep things flowing. I, I owe it to, I think the family and to myself to be rested. So, um, that's been really really important for me um and in rest i've added acupuncture in my uh, my repertoire and i absolutely Loved it, love it, love it, love it, um, and it's been it's been really great. And I, I would say, as a woman of color, it has been really awesome to find a black acupuncturist because I feel like it speaks to an uh, understanding of just the general health patterns that have happened in my family, um, and just opened up a dialogue and a conversation about alternative medicine for you know communities of color. For me, and I even got my husband to go. So. The recipes <laughs> is really, really important. Um, the I in grit stands for in skilling. And so it's a completely made up term that I always say a lot of time because we're so used to the term upskilling, right? Like you got to upskill for this job. But to me, my mental fortitude, my emotional, um, to, to be able to just pause sometimes and not always respond or react but to think through and to, and to be more consciously aware in anything that I do. Um, and even in-skilling, like the the few minutes I took before I had this conversation of expressing gratitude for this conversation we would have today and may I be able to be of value to others and just manifesting that and bringing it forth and speaking those to me is an in-skill. So I'm deliberate about where I put my time. Um, so in-skilling is very important and I can work on that daily. It's like, I don't need to take a course or wait for a master's degree in that every single day, I can look to practice being more present with people, with myself and intentional. Um, and then T for me in grit is about transformation of thought. Like it, it, learning to look at both sides of the coin because we are naturally wired. Our, I mean, our amygdala, our brain is our our body's own security guard it's like the vip rope am i letting people in or not And, and thoughts in or is there perceived danger so it's easy to think about the negative or and put that on notice so i really focus on like the transformation of thought in what's a different perspective hey i did i i just read that email and did i did i read into it too much or did i think that that person tone was wrong or did i do something that makes them mad Sometimes I just say, get off the crazy train for a minute, have transformation of thought and just, what's your relationship with this person? They've never expressed something like that to you. They have never been negative to you before. If you really need clarity, pick up the phone and call that person and just say, hey, how's your day going? How is everything? I'm following up. I got your email. Any other questions? And just behave differently so that I can get off that crazy train for a little bit. Um, So I try to, to deploy transformations of thought to get me through my day. That that to me is another form of self care, so that I'm just not racked and overwhelmed with negative emotions all day.
0: That's a good one. <laughs> it's hard because in some
1: people, you know, some people's level of try, I would call it, is very apparent. And but I now know I don't owe an immediate response at times. If someone is rude to me, that's them. That's all actually know. not me. But um and but that does take transformation of thought because um that 25 year old in it, you know, could be scrappy. So <laughs> you try you know, you try not to bring her into her your 40s with you and, and just operate in a, in a different space so that you can make the best of your day, every single day.
0: Awesome. Um, and so fun last question for you. Do you have a give and or an ask of the audience?
1: Ooh, a give and an ask. Um, well, I, I give freely uh, discovery calls if people are trying to understand and get clear on where they can get that support. So um, I have links available right on my uh, website, LynettePhillips.com. I do have two N's in my name, so L-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E, Phillips.com. So I freely give that time uh, to understand, even if I'm not the coach, it's non-obligatory, you're not part of my program at that point or anything else like that, but how can we uh, support your growth? That's ultimately it. I have a referral of network, a network that I can refer to if there's other services. And my ask would certainly be that if someone is um, contemplating working with a coach, that they book that call. It's it's that's why it's called a call to action button. <laughs> so really, um, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going to be annoyed if I get a bunch of calendar um, invites. Um, it's it's part of the opportunity for me to make sure that people get supported in what they have. And uh, especially if there's anyone here that are decision makers with um, organizations that are looking to support leadership development, I certainly ask that we get connected and set up maybe an enterprise solutions call and get the opportunity to help develop
0: more mindful leaders awesome and so helpful so we'll put all those really incredible details in the show notes so folks can reach out to you and hopefully sign up for a a free call uh, to see if it's a good fit for them and Lynette it's been such a delight having you on the show like you're just chock full of great uh bits of wisdom and uh I'm sure lots of people take a lot out of it so thank you so much for being a part of the 29 days of magic
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you today.
0: Awesome. And that is our show.